Welcome to the Amazon Hustle Podcast, hosted by six-figure Amazon seller and Amazon content creator, Lewis Moore III, aka LM3. Now, let's start this week's episode. But first, don't forget to like and share the podcast on your social media accounts. And David, can you just kind of tell the people who you are and what it is you exactly do? So, yeah, I've been selling on Amazon since January uh, 2021. Um, I do retail arbitrage, online arbitrage, um, started off with just a single shipment and uh, slowly graduated up to, you know, sending in large, large shipments and uh, got an Amazon loan, um, started uh, hitting, you know, 50,000 plus months this year. Um, I just hit $78,000 a month this past year. you know, with about 15% net margin. So, nice. um, so yeah, I mean, I've heard of Amazon a long time ago, but you know, I just really started in January, 2021. Okay. Um, before you started Amazon, have you ever like, did you ever resell on like eBay or like Poshmark or was Amazon like your first type of reselling type of thing? So I, I sold on Poshmark and eBay, um, Macari. I started, um, at the end of 2020, I was buying uh, like cases of stuff from like uh, bulk.com, B-U-L-K, B-U-L-Q, okay. uh, buying stuff from there, trying to list it um, on eBay, Poshmark, Macari, going to a lot of the um, like flea market stuff around here. Um, I'm in Nashville, Tennessee, but, um, you know, selling, trying to sell it. I didn't, I didn't like taking pictures of stuff and creating listings. <laughs> Listing, yeah. Like it's, it's so, <laughs> it's um, and then, and then whenever you do resell on platforms like eBay, Macari, Facebook marketplace, you, people don't want to pay what it's worth. They want to pay like 10% of what it's worth. And, um, it's just like slow moving, not really too profitable for me at least. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I found, um, you know, selling on Amazon doing retail online arbitrage. So you know, I started doing that and, you know, I haven't looked back since. Okay. How did you find out about Amazon? Was it somebody on YouTube or Instagram or a friend or what happened? Um, so I actually learned about Amazon back in 2015, 2016. Um, that was when like the private label craze was going on. Um, I had just sort of got sidetracked. I was, you know, hanging around the wrong people and stuff. So I got sidetracked for a few years. But, um, you know, to come back to, you know, 20, the end of 2020, first of 2021, um, I was in a group, Facebook group called Hustle Buddies, um, okay. ran by uh, Nate Jackson. And uh, I joined that group, followed a lot of uh, what people were saying, what to do, looked up a lot of videos on YouTube. Um, I did buy some courses initially, um, just to kind of like take a bet on myself, try to learn something. And, uh, and I actually heard it. Um, it actually got me motivated listening to a, a, a podcast like the side hustle show with uh, Nick Loper or something like that. Okay. Um, I heard, I heard, that's where I heard uh, Nate Jackson's story. So I was like, well, I mean, if he can do it, I mean, I'll, I guess I'll give it a try. Cause this eBay and Macari stuff isn't working out for me. And when you first decided to start selling on Amazon, how much did you start with? Um, I had about, three thousand dollars but mm-hmm. initially i started with uh, about 200 300 shipment okay and you know once i saw I, I just needed proof of concept i mean my right. first shipment was literally like 10 items i didn't believe that it would go to amazon i didn't believe that it would sell on amazon <laughs> i thought that it was going to get lost by ups mm-hmm. amazon's going to lose my stuff and uh you know so i just needed to be able to be sure that and, and you know once uh, i had that first sale check and seller amazon seller app 
I seen that first sale and I was like, man, this is real. Um, so, and that's when I started putting more and more money into it. And then, you know, I would put some of my paycheck into it each week. Um, so yeah, that's, a uh, yeah, but I didn't start with a lot. My first shipment, I actually had, I sent in a wrong thing. Um, that wasn't oh, going to sell it as something else. Well, I didn't list it as I, I listed it under a variation that, okay. um, wasn't going to sell. And I didn't know how to understand variation listings. Um, right. so I actually, my first shipment, I had to get, uh, like half of it sent back and I had to return it to Lowe's, which I wouldn't do that now. I would just eat it as a loss, but I was a brand new seller. I didn't know. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, failures from the beginning. When you first started, you started doing like 100% retail arbitrage, or did you start out doing online arbitrage also? It was mostly retail arbitrage when I started to really get going, but I was in a leads group at first because I didn't really know how to find leads mm -hmm. um, like uh, online. Like, so I needed, uh, you know, just somebody to kind of show me like what leads, good leads look like. Um, but once, you know, I started getting the hang of it, I, I started going to you know, Walmart, a lot of grocery stores. I was heavy in grocery for the first six months. So I would hit the grocery store sales um, every Wednesday. Our grocery stores around here come out with sales and I would I would hit those pretty hard and get like replens bundles at Walmart. Um, so yeah, it was all RA at first. Yeah, that's, um, that's actually what I'm doing. I started out selling books and I got really good at books, but books is a slow moving inventory as yeah. I can say, and it's a lot of work, like just simple things, like just carrying all those books up and down the stairs like that, like that takes a toll on you. So yeah. um, I moved over to groceries. I actually moved over to groceries in the middle of the pandemic because all the thrift stores were closed and I didn't have anything else I can do. So now I'm doing groceries and I'm trying to move to doing online arbitrage. So it's really interesting to me to um, meet sellers who do online, who do online arbitrage. Um, what software do you use? Um, well, Keepa, you know, for starters, like absolutely, um, you know, you have to understand how to read a Keepa chart. Um, uh, softwares, um, I use AZ Insight. Um, I know a lot of people use SellerAmp, um, mm -hmm. but I use AZ Insight to um, do calculations, uh, uh, you know, the on-page calculator, um, and then I can export to a Google Sheet if I need to. Um, I do, I use, I do storefront stalking, um, just like with Keepa or just manually going into somebody's store. Um, as far as tools, I don't really use a whole lot of tools, but, um, I do follow like stores and their sales. Um, sometimes I get on be frugal, Rakuten, uh, dealsplus.com, try to find like coupons and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, a lot of storefront stalking. I don't use tactical arbitrage. I did try that. Uh, mm -hmm. and I know a lot of, you know, some people use it, but um i don't use that i'll use oa buddy which is um it's a sort of newer tool um that you can you can it tells you if a store is reseller friendly or not when you're online um like on on the store uh, in the in the browser mm -hmm. and then sometimes i go to that oa buddy tool and i can just look up a list of reseller friendly stores and i'll just click on a store and start like manually sourcing All right um that's where i find my best stuff manually sourcing nice um which one do you like better, online arbitrage or retail arbitrage? Online arbitrage. Why? Um, well, going it's it's so um, time consuming to go into stores. It's time consuming to stand in lines. Um, I can only get so much. Sometimes yeah. people try to tell me that I can't have that. People want to ask me questions about why I have so much in my card. Am I doing yeah. a picnic? Am I, <laughs> am I my nonprofit? Like, oh, you must really like candy. Like, is that for kids? Like, so, um, you know, and plus like 
online arbitrage is more scalable. Um, and I use a prep center too. So um, I'm able to send like, a, you know, five to $10,000 worth of product to uh, a prep center once a month. So it's um, definitely online arbitrage. I don't have to mess with a whole lot of people. Can you explain what a prep or what a prep center is for the people who may not know what that is? Yeah. So a prep center um, and they, every prep center charges differently. Some charge just a flat fee per product. Some charge for like baggies, stickers, boxes, et cetera. Um, a prep center is a place that uh, they specifically uh, you, you send your stuff there. Um, like you order from target.com and you get it sent and it's a tax-free uh, prep center in a tax-free state. So that's why I, I went with it because I was tired of paying sales tax for a lot of stuff. Mm. Um, so um, I get it sent to the prep center. I just put the address in the prep center. Um, every once a week or so, I, I have a spreadsheet that I upload and, and show them like, hey, this is what I sent to you guys. They show me when it's been received. And then, uh, you know, once a week I go into inventory lab. Uh, that's another tool I use. I didn't mention inventory lab, but um, I go into inventory lab, create a shipment. And then I put like, um, like an initial in front of it. So they know when they go in my Amazon account that that's the shipment they need to work on. Mm -hmm. And uh, they do the box contents and all that. But I, I let them know like what to put in the shipment based on the spreadsheet that they received the products. And then uh, they let me know when they sent it. And then once a month, they send me an invoice. Um, my prep center charges me $1.50 per item flat fee. If it's a bundle, it's double that. So it'd be $3. So I don't send a lot of bundles. Okay. Um, but it's usually just like one item. If it, Usually it's an item that's over $20. So mm -hmm that I would pay sales tax on. So basically, um, instead of me paying sales tax, I'm paying a prep center. So I save, uh, you know, time, essentially, right. I wouldn't be I'm not really, you know, paying the prep center, I'm just really saving time. So right. Yeah. So so do you send all your items to the prep center? Or do you do some prepping yourself? Also, I do prepping myself. So anything that's tax exempt, I usually will get sent to me, because um, mm -hmm. I don't because I'm not really saving money there. But um, anything that's $20 and above that I'm going to pay sales tax on, I like to send to my prep center. Um, uh, anything that's small and light mm -hmm. um, or, you know, under 20 bucks that I pay sales tax on, I like to send to myself. It just wouldn't make sense to send something to a prep center that like uh, I'm only going to make, you know, $3 profit on and then have to pay $1.50 to them. Right. You know, so when you say it's under or over $20, $20, do you mean the cost of the product or the, or the profit? Yeah, the cost of the product. Okay. The cost of the product. Okay. Um, you're a full-time seller, right? I have a full-time job. Uh, you do? Too. Like, so like I, I, do, I do Amazon part-time. Oh, wow. Um, but okay. yeah, I have a, I have a full-time job. And my full-time job, I, I, I work at a computer in a call center. So I'm able to like be on a computer all day and kind of can source a little bit while I'm working um, as long as it's not distracting from my job. But yeah, I have a full-time job too want to know something crazy i still have a full-time job also and a lot of people ask me why like if i'm doing so good at amazon why do i still have a have a job and to be honest the only reason why i have a job is because the job that i have i work at a computer and it's like really really laid back so i'm able to edit my youtube videos and do like a lot of source in there too so it's kind of like getting paid twice so like why would i give that up yeah and everybody has like their own reasons of like you know some people um they maybe still live at home. They don't have rent, you know, mm -hmm. they live at home with parents or like they are, can still be on their parents' insurance or they don't need insurance. They can be on a spouse's insurance. Mm -hmm. um, you know, everybody's situation is different, it's different. Exactly. but um, you know, I still continue. Uh, and eventually I might, I might, you know, transition to full-time Amazon, but 
as of right now, like I can like do a lot of sourcing. Whenever I get to the point that I have money sitting in my bank account and I can't spend it or tons of inventory that I can't prep, then I know mm -hmm. that like it's costing me money to be at my job. But right. you know, until then, I'll probably, you know, and, and I, I'm stressed for time a lot, but like we have a lot more time in the day than we really think we do. Yeah, definitely. It's um that's like one of the things that I noticed too, that like a lot of people complain that they don't have enough time to do certain things. But if you like if you were able to watch what they do in a, in a in a day, they like bullshit like a lot of time, like watching watching TV, scrolling through Instagram, doing things that yeah. like using like using their time. They have enough time, but they just allocate that time to like the wrong things. Right. Absolutely. Um, you posted something on Instagram about some of the. I don't, I don't know how to say this. Is it like trials and tribulations or like your past that you went through? Like, how did you, like, how did you go from that to this? So, um, yeah. So I went through like, you know, a big bout of addiction. Mm -hmm. Um, and to go back to like the first time I heard about Amazon FBA private label, all that was like 2015. Um, I was just in the wrong environment. Um, I chose to marry the wrong person. And then once I realized I was in the wrong environment, I didn't choose to get myself out of it. And instead I started to like, I felt like I needed, I needed more time in the day. I needed uh, more energy. So like I started using drugs and stuff and then, uh, which worked for a while um, until I started to go through a divorce. And then um, I started to use drugs to cope with that. And then all of a sudden, like drugs became like my, my coping, um, you know, thing. And then, um, I just kind of went downhill um, after that. Once I went through a divorce, a divorce can be traumatic, um, especially if you're already like using drugs for like recreational purposes. Um, so, uh -huh. you know, from about 2016 um, to about 2019, you know, I was, um, yeah, I used, you know, all kinds of different drugs, heroin, um, any, anything, anything and everything is, you know, what I used. Um, I was, I was very hopeless. I didn't really see a way out. Right. And, um, you know, part of what, what drives me today is those feelings that I felt whenever I was in the active addiction and, uh, I, I felt like I was a loser and, but I didn't know how to win. I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to get clean. Um, I had a big ego and a big pride and, did, and I didn't want to reach out for help. I didn't want mm -hmm. to admit I had a problem because then what are people going to think of me? Um, so I had a, I had a large, large ego, man. And it kept me in, um, it kept me in active addiction for a long time. And then, um, you know, in 2019, I had some type of, I got a, an infection, um, in my bloodstream and I had to go to the hospital. And, um, that's when I was like, you know, I started to get clean a little bit. They put me on like, uh, it's called medicated assisted treatment. So instead of like drugs, it's like drugs to like help you get off the drugs. So kind of, so kind of like a forced detox. Sort of. Yeah. And then um, so from there, like I didn't have anywhere to live. My parents, they were like, no, you can't come live here anymore. Like all my friends didn't want to mess with me anymore. Um, I didn't have anywhere to live. And I was really, really close to living in the woods. Like I was living in friends, garages, staying in cars. And, uh, you know, I hung out with these homeless people one day because I didn't have anybody to come get me. And I, it was like, you know, metropolitan area, homeless people holding signs and stuff. And, uh, man, it was, it was such a, it was that day sticks out of my mind so much. Cause like, I was so close to that being my life. Mm -hmm. And so when I went to the hospital, um, I seen a way, a way out of it. So, um, I went from the hospital, I didn't have anywhere to go. So I was like, well, I'll just use rehab as a place to live. I know they'll let me stay there. I'll get a job, get back on my feet. And, um, you know, rehab turned into like a halfway house and the halfway house that I went to was where I started Amazon. Uh -huh. I had like six, six roommates, like lived in this Harry Potter closet. 
and um, <laughs> you know had to use their the the house's printer. You, I was going through all kinds of ink and stuff, but you know um, those feelings of like you know being a loser. I listened to a lot of Eric Thomas uh, motivational stuff, Inky Johnson, uh, Gary V. Yeah, I listened to all that, and like I listened to it every single day. Um, and so you know, just I don't I don't I didn't want to be a loser. Like I don't I just don't want to be. I want to win. Right. Like, I want to win bad. Do you do you still listen to this motivational stuff to this day? I do. Yeah, okay. I do. Uh, not as often, um, but like you know, sometimes I'll just turn on YouTube. Maybe I need to listen to some like David Goggins or like you know Eric Thomas, um, you know TD Jakes, um, yeah. you know all that, all that. Because like I mean, the voice in our head, um, like sometimes when when you don't have that voice of like motivation to motivate yourself. You have to listen to other people that have that voice until you develop your own voice, uh, for me at least. Um, and so, like, you know, I have that voice now. I can motivate myself. I can talk to myself. But I used to not be able to do that until, like, I was listening to all these motivational speakers and stuff. And so, you know. That's awesome. I do, too. Um, I listen to, like, a lot of motivational stuff. And um, my story is kind of like yours. Like, I don't want to go through it because this interview is about you. But three years ago, I was going through a divorce well, actually three years ago, I was going through a divorce also. And it, it was the first time that I was ever on my own and I was battling a, a addiction also. And I kind of flipped everything around too. So I kind of know how, how that is. Um, it's a question that I really want to ask you that I don't want to offend anybody else, but um, something that I've noticed in the, in like the Amazon or reseller type of business um, type of community is that fitness is not put on the forefront it's like put it on the back burner for like a lot of resellers so how do you feel about fitness and how do you work fitness into having a full-time job and technically being a full-time seller also um i mean fitness is over everything really like that really it comes that's that's in my mind first i mean yeah i mean i do amazon and stuff like that but um you know fitness is um it, it teaches me a lot it tells me it teaches me how to how you can be consistent in something um, and just repeatedly over and over and the power of compounding, like, and then, the, you know, doing something that I don't want to do um, every single day, like no excuses. It, it just, it, it, it calluses your mind to like doing what you, what is necessary. And it teaches me structure, um, you know, and plus it makes me healthy and stuff. Like uh, it's, I mean, your health is above, you know, if you don't, if you don't, if you're not healthy, like you're not going to be you, you everything else is just going to fall to the wayside but the discipline um and it's not like you have to like work out and stuff to be successful but um it helps build that discipline mind i mean for me it's you know i like i already went and worked out this morning i'll go at like you know six o'clock seven o'clock in the morning to work out so that i have time throughout the day to do amazon and then my full-time job okay i was that was that was gonna be my next question how do you manage to fit your full-time job your Amazon business, fitness, and like personal time all together. Do you, are you like a very strict person with your time or do you just manage to, to do it? I, I am um, like, you know, and I do have like recreational time where like I'm just scrolling through TikTok and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. like um, planning my day uh, the, the night before. So like, even if I know that I'm going to come down here and prep something or I'm going to get on the computer and start sourcing first thing in the morning, um, I go ahead and write that down the day before um, so that when I get up, like, even though like I'm in like a foggy mind, like it's written down, I know exactly what I need to do. I can wake up and get straight to it instead of like laying in bed 
um, scrolling on my phone, sipping my coffee, trying to get awake for the day. Like I can just get started. Right. Um, so like, you know, I wake up and like, you know, I have to, I walk my dogs and stuff, um, you know, eat, make coffee, eat like a little bit of breakfast, but then I go straight to work. Um, and then I have days that like Monday and Tuesdays are usually prep days. Um, Wednesdays are usually a shipment day or I get a shipment prepared for Thursday. Um, and then, you know, I've started making a little bit more content, but like, it's hard to fit in, uh, creating content and stuff like that but um you know and then saturdays is usually like family day um you know i spend time with my son or i spend mm -hmm. time with my girlfriend sundays in sundays is more of like um everything that come in um over the week or that hasn't been shipped out like i get that i unbox that i put it on shelves i start writing down on a notebook like what i'm going to ship out for the next week and i either like go in inventory lab and create a start creating a shipment for like mm -hmm. monday and tuesday or um, I'll wake up Monday morning at like, you know, 4.30 or 5 and create a shipment and start working then. But yeah, it's usually like shipment Monday, Tuesday, um, finalize the shipment Wednesday, Thursday. Sometimes I might be able to get a shipment out on Saturday. Mm -hmm. um, but usually at the end of the week, I'm preparing for the next week. So really, it's all about preparing and like knowing what your next move is the following day, the following week. Nice. Um, you said that it's kind of hard for you to create content. Well, kind of schedule in more content. Have you ever tried batch creating content like just like if you have your mondays and tuesdays maybe sit down for two hours and make three or four pieces pieces of content i've thought about that um yeah and i so like i've got a i got a draft and tick I, I like doing tiktoks because like mm -hmm. it's just easy like i can cut and edit and stuff like that i got something sitting in my drafts right now but mm -hmm. um yeah i've thought about it and like it's really just getting used to like being on camera um, oh yeah and uh you know getting with the technology of like how how to like edit the videos and like mm -hmm. how to make them you know whatever so like i'm still sort of learning that so like it's um a little bit of a learning curve uh but yeah definitely probably will batch batch process that and really i just like to share like my journey like i'm not here to I, i've thought about coaching and stuff but like i'm really just here to share the journey because they're like there's so many faked um inauthentic people um you know posting stuff and like just i think some of it's like just bad advice or maybe that i have a unique perspective that i could you know help somebody else but you know not to bring anybody else down just i just think sometimes there's just not that the, the greatest of advice yeah i don't I don't want to say that it's bad if advice because I because like it's like private labeling. That's like the most popular thing. But the way they present it to people is you see this and I see this and then I make so much money. They don't say all the work that goes in the middle of it or how much money they've lost trying to get to that one product that wins. So I just think they don't a lot of like a lot of people don't show that the actual grind that goes into like running an yeah. Amazon business. Well, like, you know, taking a, you know, showing like, Hey, I found this product in Marshalls and stuff. And like, mm -hmm. I'm a million dollar seller. Like, I mean, to be a million dollar seller, you got to be pushing like 4,000 units a month, pretty mm -hmm. much on average. Like that's a lot of prep work. That's a lot of buying. That's a lot. And it's just like, you know, it's, it's a, like some type of fantasy. And even though like you make money, um, a lot of that money's put back into, um, inventory. So exactly. like, it's even though that like I had $11,000 profit month last this past month, most of that is in inventory. Like I just reinvest everything, take some out, but like, you know, and like, it's just a false, you know, perspective of like what it is um, just to like get views and stuff like that. So I just try to like share, I just try to be transparent. I'm, I'm a pretty transparent person. Yeah. I like that. Mike. Um, my question was from at your worst point to where you are now, how do your like friends and family, like, like how do they react to, to that like to the actual change 
Um, they, I mean, they're really proud of me. Um, you know, they, it's really surprising to go from like somebody that, you know, I would spend my last dollar like on drugs. And I used to, I used to ask my mom, like every Friday, I'm like, Hey, do you eat? when she got paid? I'm like, Hey, do you got $40 that I could get? And mm-hmm. maybe I'll pay you back or whatever to like, I just gave my mom my car and bought a new car because, you know, so like just the change and from like asking my mom for like $40 every time she got paid when like she was broke as hell anyway mm-hmm. to like now she's like struggling a little bit and like I ha- I can afford to like buy myself a new car and give her my old one. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, you know, everybody, you know, people, you know, are, are, are generally proud. They're, you know, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a good story. You know, it's crazy to go from like, you know, negative, very negative to, you know, yeah. now. Once you got out of rehab, you went to the halfway rehab. house? I went to, uh, once I got out of the hospital, I went to a rehab. And then, um, and then you said after that, where, um, where you first started doing Amazon. Yeah. Halfway house. Okay. Halfway house. So if you were able to like, if you were, um, looking back at that guy, did you believe that you would be where you were at? Like where you're at now? Not really, but I knew that I had some kind of drive and I knew that I was, I would do something like, you know, I, I knew that I was going to do something. Um, I didn't know. I knew that I wasn't going to give up. Like, I mean, I was even doing like, um, mystery shopping just to like do anything that I could to like, cause I was like, well, what do I want to do with my life? And then I was like, well, I'm not going to figure out what I want to do with my life until I get busy living. So like, I need to start trying and doing stuff. So like, I knew that I would come across something, but you know, um, and, and then once something starts working, I just, you know, all in, it's just, you know, I didn't think that I would, but you know, it's, it's crazy that I I'm here now. Exactly. I mean, that's like something to be really, really, really proud of, um, for the, for a person who's listening to this podcast now, and they've been making excuses saying, Oh, I don't have enough money to start doing not even just Amazon, maybe just any type of business. I don't have enough money for it, or I don't have enough time, or I'm not smart enough, whatever excuses they're using, what kind of advice could you give to them? Um, so the not enough time advice, like, I mean, not not enough time excuse like that just is, that doesn't work anymore. Um, we all have plenty of time. You can check your screen time on your phone to see like where your time is going. You know what I mean? Um, as far as, you know, a lot of, a lot of those excuses are really just fear, um, fear of, you know, failure. It might not work out fear of what are my friends and family going to think of me trying to do this fear of like, maybe people will judge me. Um, it all like, you know, the reason that we stay stuck and like overthink stuff and don't start something is fear. So like determining like why you're scared, like put your finger on it and be like, you know, I fear trying to do this and wasting time. And then if I waste time, people might judge me for it. So like, therefore I'm not doing try in the first place. Like that that's fear. Like, and, um, you know, anybody that's great, anybody that's, um, sells a lot on Amazon that has tons of like real estate or great business. Like they all started from like nothing. They started, they didn't know how to do it. Everybody at once sucked at something. You know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. even Michael Jordan, you know, failed, uh, making the basketball team. Like then Michael Jordan's missed a million, a bunch of shots. You know, everybody is going to fail, but like, um, Robert Kawasaki, um, and I'm not like a fanboy of him, but like he said something that said um, the reason that people aren't successful is because they have never failed. Like you have to fail to be successful. You have to like, you know, like I said, my first shipment, um, I had to send half of it back because it wasn't working. I looked at my unfulfillable inventory inventory that I bought this year that like, isn't going to like make money. Like it's like 800 and almost 900 bucks. 
And I'm about to add more to that, that like it's, it's it didn't sell, it got returned, like you're going to fail. Um, but like, you know, it's it's the failure that makes you success. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's um, great advice. Let's kind of let's tailor it towards Amazon. Let's say me or anybody I've just signed up for Amazon and I have aspirations of becoming a six figure se- se- seller or, or even a seven seven figure seller. What kind of advice would you give me about Amazon? So you um, are going to need to understand Keepa. I mean, first and foremost, you have to understand what Keepa looks like. Um, If you don't have capital right now, you're going to need access to capital to to grow to, you know, uh, a a seven-figure seller. You're going to need access to capital, some type of lending or something like that. Um, But, like, just to, like, get started, like, you just have to – I would suggest getting into a group – and I know that it's like, oh, well, I don't want to pay for this or that. But like there's groups out there that show you have webinars, uh, have leads until you can kind of figure out like how to find stuff on your own. Because the lifeblood of the Amazon business is sourcing products like you have to continuously be sourcing. Um, so like, you know, use what you have. Like I didn't you know, if you got a kitchen scale to waste stuff like all you have to do um, is get that first shipment to Amazon. Like as far as like six figures selling seven figures whatever it is, like you just, you need to figure out how to print F and SKU labels. You need to figure out how to, how to box a shipment and you need to figure out how to ship it to Amazon. That's mm-hmm. it. Like you don't need to figure out like, where am I going to get more leads from? How do I get to, you know, 10,000 a month? Like, don't worry about any of that. Just like figure out how to um, send a shipment to Amazon first. And then everything else starts to fall into place. Nice. Nice. I really appreciate you giving me this time. Uh, how can people get in contact with you or follow your journey? So you can, on the Instagram, uh, David AMZ Hustle. Uh, TikTok is David AMZ Hustle too. Um, that's pretty much where um, I hang out the most. I try to, you know, and I answer all DMs uh, that comes through Instagram, unless it's, um, you know, uh, something, if you send like a big paragraph or something, like sometimes I'm like, man, I'm not, you know, but um, yeah, just reach out to me on Instagram, uh, comment, you know, DM. Uh, that's another thing too. I, and I didn't mention like as a new seller, start DMing people because oh, like yeah. as anybody that um, is a seller on Amazon, like I love it when like this dude that's been messaging me like, hey, um, I'm starting to sell books. How do I do this? Like, and I'll tell them like, I'll, I'll tell them how to get ungated. I'll tell them everything like in the DMs, like like how Yo Gotti says, it goes down in the DMs. Like start <laughs> DMing people and like you'll start learning all these secrets. Like I'll share leads sometimes. If somebody DMs me and I'm like, hey, why don't you go pick this up? This is profitable. Like mm-hmm. start reaching out to people. But yeah, David AMZ Hustle, Instagram, TikTok. Nice. Yeah, um, I really believe like one of the biggest things that helped me become successful is um becoming a part of the community and just meeting other sellers. And like, you don't even have to meet other sellers and talk to other sellers. If you need something, just introduce yourself. And maybe at some point down the line, like something that happened like me, like I didn't want anything from anybody, but then once the pandemic happened, one of the, one of the sellers that I became cool with was, was, was like, why don't you get ungated in groceries? Cause grocery stores aren't closed. And that's how I got into groceries. So just getting into the community is a great way of um, learning new things and growing your business. Yep. 100%, man. 100%. Join Lewis every Friday to discuss all things related to running a successful Amazon business, including interviews from other successful six and seven figure Amazon sellers. Subscribe to Lewis's YouTube channel to see the podcast in video format and to learn how to start selling on Amazon.